Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This podcast is brought to you by Frankie and Mir, aromatherapy that is fun. Hello and welcome to Just Make The Thing. I'm your host, Claire Tonti, a podcast for people like me who want to start a thing and keep on making it and find it real tough. Gosh, I'm finding it really tough at the moment. It's freezing cold in winter and I seem to think that everything I make or listen to is just not good enough, but I think I'm not alone and soldier on. So if you're out there making something, soldier on, guys. This week's episode, Bill and Beth from the Teeny Tiny Stevies pop on over to our pod studio to talk music, being a creative, being a business woman or man, and how to keep a career going in the arts. They also talk about their life story and what started them in music. These two are funny and clever, and their songs for little kids have had rave reviews, particularly because, as one reviewer said, it's kids music that doesn't suck and as another one said it doesn't make you want to lose the will to live as an adult so their hits such as on the toilet and i had a rainbow and there's a baby in mum's tummy are not just wonderful for adults to listen to but they're also really practical for kids and for someone who has a little toddler person of my own that on the toilet track is playing in repeat in our house as we speak Okay, these two are also part of the Little Stevies, which is a band that's been going for a long time. I loved them in my early 20s, was a massive fan and remember sitting on the grass listening to them at the Port Ferry Music Festival. I highly recommend you Google the song Feel It, a real good one, even just for Bill's awesome sparkly top and headband. You'll hear them singing throughout this song, well, not this song, throughout this podcast. It's a song from their latest kids album. And it's so great. Here they are, the teeny tiny Stevies themselves, Bill and Beth. I have a bit of a question to start off with because you both used to, well, you still do. You are in the band Little Stevies. That's right. Yeah. And you also are now part of Teeny Tiny Stevies as yeah. well. We're part of them too. But I know it sounds <laughs> weird, doesn't it? Part of them. You are them. <laughs> you are them. It's just literally just us. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so where did your love of music start? <laughs> um, oh, look, from our parents probably. Both of our parents are, were musicians and they made their living from music for a couple of decades at least. Um, and then when they had Bill, who was the firstborn, they kept that going. And then four years later when they had me, they realised that that wasn't probably going to be <laughs> you crushed their financially dreams. sustainable yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so then they got, you know, fairly straight day jobs, I guess. 
um, normal sort of business hours. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. worked. Uh, but look, we sort of mum was up- a music teacher though. Yeah, so, yeah oh, so exactly. still in the music genre. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I guess we just grew up in a household where it was very much encouraged, and um, yeah, and we holidayed twice a year in a particular place called Malakuta, actually in Gippsland, which is a really small coastal town, and and that had a really huge arts culture, and so that was just celebrated. You know, we used to have you know bonfires and. You know, music jams just all the time. That was the normal thing. Mm. Mum and dad were always writing music and uh, so it was a regular occurrence for dad to, you know, to have a new song and uh, ask us to come and sing harmonies with him, which at the time was very annoying. I used to – I remember finding that very annoying. (laughs) Like I was just doing whatever I was doing and they'd be like, Bill, come here and sing the third. (laughs) be like, ugh. (laughs) Isn't that the general attitude of all kids? (laughs) Yes. Mom, uh. <laughs> yeah, don't, exactly. But um, it was a lot of tension. Oh yeah, <laughs> those rehearsals. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah. actually, we had a family band a few times. You know, for a few a few little events here and there, they sort of got a family band together. And I think I did all of that with a general vibe of. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and was there music folk as well? <sighs> Uh, really? No. I mean, I don't know that our music is actually really folk. Yeah. I was it's trying just to... the easiest genre to come. Yeah, we, get, we play a lot of folk festivals, so we're like, okay. We'll, we'll be folk. We're, we're folk. Yeah, it's such a broad spectrum, isn't yes. it? So, so where did the Little Stevies come into being? I think, um, well, when we were teenagers probably. Yeah. Bill had a, um, when Bill was at high school, she had a vocal harmony group. That <laughs> <laughs> was cool. That was pretty cool. <laughs> And there were four of them, and they were really good. Um, yeah. Uh, they sang four-part <laughs> harmony, and they were great. And look, as the typical younger sibling, I idolised them. But I also at the same time as idolising them, uh, I vividly remember thinking, um, I think, you know, you should. I think you should start something with me because I'm – I'm awesome. I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that I could do this. Um, so eventually um, you probably took notice, is that right, of me? And uh, yeah, I can't remember because yeah, I just don't really remember you. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> <joking>. <laughs> I guess, yes. <laughs> and we started it, yeah, when we were in high school. So you'd probably left high school at this point. Yeah. And I was still at high school. And, look, it started from – I think we saw, you know, like um, – the waif started coming into our consciousness mm. and Titus. Yeah. Mum and Dad uh, had taken us to see Titus a bunch of times uh, who, who were a band of three women. Um, he sang beautiful harmonies and um, and they were huge moments for us because yeah, we massive. saw those women yeah. up there um, and singing and playing music to them and being like, oh, yeah. we, we could do that. Like that's <laughs> we're like going to be women. <laughs> and particularly the waifs I think as well because they were sisters. Yeah. And – and you know it's the same age gap I'm pretty sure and it was it was just such a moment of ah oh, we can relate to this so closely hmm. so when you see someone doing something that is so closely connected to your situation it just gives you a lot of confidence that yeah. you can do it too yeah yeah what does music mean to both of you oh gosh what everything <laughs> <laughs> i know um, that's a big question what does it mean gosh yeah. it's just it's one of those things where it's like your whole being. It's your whole sort of, I don't know, it's your main source of, one of your main sources of fulfilment, I guess, on lots of different levels. Um, yeah, I don't know. Gosh, tough question. Yeah, what do you think? Deep Bill? question. <laughs> what does music mean to me? Well, I can spend a lot of time working on our business, not doing music. 
Um, there's a lot of things to do that don't involve music, which I actually love. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that in a oh, boohoo, feel sorry for, for me way. I really love that part of it. Um, but, you know, but every now and again, I sort of I have a moment where I'm so, you know, so sometimes I have to remind myself to practice or to actually play the music, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but every now and again, I have a moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's what I'm here to do. This is this is why we do everything, you know. Mm-hmm. So I guess like for me getting and for me as well, like the music part of it is is um, very much connected to getting up on stage. So like mm-hmm. Beth is a real noodler. She'll sort of sit on the couch and just noodle on her instruments. I'm not so much like that. I just sort of don't need to do that um, and hardly ever do that. But I, the minute I get up on stage like and start playing music, I quite often I could be nervous before that and then I get up and I'll just be like, ah, oh, that's right, this is what I do. And I look at Beth and I'm like, ah, oh, you know, you, we're here, you know. Yeah, I've arrived. This you love the I'm entertaining here. factor of I do, but I think performing. it's also heavily – it's not – I think, you know, like that's why I've never – I mean, you know, I joke that deep inside of me there's a stand-up comedian just wanting to come out. But, you know, like maybe that's why I've never done that. It's like, no, it's it's really heavily connected to music. It's yeah. like I need – I want to be there on stage with music. Yeah. Not just me standing there alone, you know, entertaining. a different thing, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Where, when you're writing music, I know with the little Stevies, I'll start there and I'll ask you about Teeny Tiny in a minute. What is it that when you're sitting to write a song, where do you think it comes from or, or how do you go about writing a song? For the little Stevies? Yeah, for the little Stevies. Um, oh, well, for me, it's pretty autobiographical. Autobiographical? <laughs> yeah. Now that. I was about to say autobiography. <laughs> It's not the right word. You're pregnant. You're allowed. My brain went walkabouts. Um, which, yeah, in simpler words, it comes all from my experience. She's pretty um, self-centered. You know, yeah. I self-centered tell. Self-centered tell. Walked in. Yeah. I find it difficult to write about other people's experiences, um, mm. but you're much better at that, Bill, at writing about other people's experiences, which I think is a great skill to have because, um, look – if you can only write about yourself and your experiences, you're really relying on what you're going through at the time as inspiration in a way. Mm. Um, I find that's an interesting question because I find that that's changed over the years. You know, like when we were much younger, the songwriting was much more about, you know, I, I'd have I'd find a real need to like sit on the couch with like my guitar and like, you know, express something. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it was sort of I needed to do that. Um Whereas now, I mean, I guess maybe it's got a lot to do with having a family and everything, but there's much less time, as you would know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I no longer sort of feel that need um, to sit on the couch with my guitar. Like I'd much prefer to go and get a massage or something <laughs> if I had that amount of time, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so, so yeah, so back in the day it was it was really kind of all about, yeah, all about me and all about um, a, a need to express and I would probably have said things like, I don't know, I think maybe it comes from the stars or, you know, <laughs> I'm just a vessel. Like I'm just I'm just letting the song come through me, you know, whereas now I would like much more describe our songwriting experiences of like, um, you know, we sort of look ahead and go, okay, we need to do a, a little Stevie's album this year, like in the second part of this year, and then we'll sit down together like Beth quite quite often not always but quite often Beth might have a riff that she's sort of and it may be a short riff or it might be a long riff on the guitar Mm. that you've been working on and then we'll sit down together and we'll 
come up with melodies and then I might say, oh, yeah, I've got a theme that I've, I've been wanting to sort of write something about this theme. And so then we'll, I'll, I'll usually come up with some pretty bad lyrics at that moment <laughs> and we'll sort of sing something together and then we'll take it away and then I might like, you know, redo the lyrics a thousand times and then come back together and mm. that's not the only way it happens. But that is one way that like songwriting for the little Stevies yeah. might work now. Yeah. And I find that fulfilling, you know. In, in much the same way that I would have when I was younger sitting on the couch and being a vessel for songs yeah. <laughs> coming through me, you know. It's like because we're working. It's like um, it's, it's, a, it's a similar feeling to, uh, to doing the dishes because when it's done, it's done, you know. You've, you've achieved something. Yeah, yeah, it's finished and you've got to get it done. Yeah. It's, you no longer have all of the luxury of time to be existential and sit under yeah. a tree and yeah. examine your life. You've and just I don't, got to get it done. And I don't know that the, that the songs were better then, you know? That's interesting. Like yeah. it's it's like I don't necessarily th- – I think I think I, ne- I needed to go through that to, to be able to do this, but I don't think that like the songs were better necessarily than they are now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. So you've kind of you've got the necessity. You've just got to get the stuff done. Yes, it sounds like being a mum and being a human <laughs> adult person too. That's right. You yeah. just got to make the thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> done. Interview finished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just finish there. <laughs> um, so I was a big fan of you guys when I was going. I was probably around similar age chicks. How old are you two now? I'm you don't thirty. Thirty. And Bill's thirty. I must be 34. You're nearly 34. Whoa. Whoa, I know. Crazy. No, you are 34. I am 34. Yeah, I always forget too. So next big birthday will be 40. Uh-huh. What is happening? That's crazy, I know, because I'm 32. Um, so I was a similar age to you and I loved your music. When oh, I really? Was, yeah, I really Thank did. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I, I um, saw you guys live and – Where re- about? So um, where did you – It would have been at – Maybe some festivals. Did you guys do Port Ferry? Oh, yeah. So yeah, many times. There yeah. you go. Yeah, I would have seen you at Port Ferry. Maybe at some pubs too. Um, and I it's I feel, is yeah, because when I – is that the – that's one of your – Feel it. Feel it. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel it. Because I had forgotten. It sounds terrible. I'd forgotten about you guys. Yeah, no, that's and, right. And I'm sorry. How rude. I've forgotten. <laughs> And when the Teeny Tiny Steambies kind of popped up, maybe Zoe Foster Blake, um, who is a sort of celebrity, I guess, on Instagram yeah. in Australia, popped up with the Teeny Tiny Steebies. And I kind of clicked on your on you and I listened to your album. And then I thought, hang on a sec, Steve. And then it's like all these memories came flooding back of when I was <laughs> like early 20s and existential and, That's you awesome. know, going through all that stuff. And, and um, then I started you know, YouTubing, yeah, feel it. And is it diamonds for tea? Diamonds for your tea, Diamonds for your tea. And I just was transported back to that (laughs) feeling of being that age. And Oh, music is amazing, isn't it? How it does that. Red, blue and yellow are primary. Colours that make other colours. Mix them together in different measures. You might find that you can make anything. We all know that deep down everyone is the same We all know that there is no such thing as a boy or girl colour So when did the teeny tiny Stevies kind of pop into the ether? For you guys, I'd had my first child. We made, we were making diamonds for your tea. Our most, our most recent, teen, five sorry, years ago. five years yeah. ago, our most recent <laughs> little Stevie's album. We were making that when 
my son was a baby and then, um, you know, did went through the whole process of putting that out or whatever. And then it was when he was about three, you know, we were sort of having conversations of like, can we keep doing this? We need to mm-hmm. diversify. We need to like, – What do we do now? We can't yeah, keep doing the same thing yeah, in exactly you, the same capacity. True. And also like we need to like – it's getting hard to justify like we need, we need to sort of you know have more ways of to make some money you know and to sort of yeah. um basically keep working as musicians and um and yeah so my son was about three when we started thinking um he was at a toilet training I think and we we're like well we should try and write some kids songs that was the first thought I think although before we decided to do the kids avenue we were talking up between <laughs> How should we diversify? <laughs> Maybe we should write like a comedy script. Oh, and, God, thank and, God. And do it. like a sort of comedy musical kind of well, show. Like, yeah, like, oh, or, we're going to be the Melbourne comedy. Yeah. <laughs> or should we go Bring down the Bringing out kids your, musicals? you know, stand-up comedian. <laughs> That's right. Clearly yeah. this is a running theme. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get there one day. <laughs> you should. I think your music clips are really oh, funny. God, I no. love that hairband in the Feel It clip oh. with the sparkly sequin T-shirt. <laughs> I loved it. It was so funny. And look, to be yeah. honest, if the kids thing doesn't work out in the next, oh, that's you know, where we'll be. Yeah. We'll yeah. be diversifying again, and we'll go down that path. Okay, <laughs> excellent. So you were to- oh so you God. were toilet training. Yes. Yeah. So so we thought, so yeah. So when toilet training sort of came up in my household as a thing that we had to do, I it just naturally I was like, oh well, what I will do is I will find a book, you know, a storybook or a song or something. And I will sort of get the message in to him subliminally, you know. That was – I don't know why I thought that, but anyway, rather than just – what do other people think when they think about toilet training? But that's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, I've got to trick this kid. Um, anyway, and so then um, I had a look around for something, you know, along those lines and I was given a pretty crappy book from childcare and um, all the songs I could find on YouTube, um, there probably is a good one, but I hadn't found it. Everything I found was terrible. It was just – just bad, you know, yeah, like yeah. not music that I would that I would want my kid to listen to. And the idea was really born from there. So, you know, we were like, well, we should try and write something. And then um, and we did. We wrote On the Toilet and uh, one of our biggest hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really uh, – it is actually really yeah, It's good, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, no, I'm, I'm happy for my kids to listen to that music, yeah. And, uh, and, the, and it just went from there and then we were like – well, we should write – if we're going to write kids' music, I would prefer um, all of the – everything we write to have a purpose, you know, to have – to sort of like try and solve a problem for parents. Mm. Um, otherwise, I just feel like, well, like why? Like there's lots of kids' music out there that means nothing. Mm. That's just sort of like, you know, orange carrot, orange carrot or whatever, you know, yeah, like yes, let's yeah. just – let's let's try and solve problems well, yeah, for parents. Yeah, we want to make it useful in some useful, way. Useful, that's right. Mm. A secondary colour is what you get From mixing two primaries together Orange and purple and green Are colours that you might find in between We all know that deep down Everyone is the same We all know that There is no such thing as a boy Color. Violet, teal, amber, a tertiary. 
that's what you get when you keep mixing Imagine how dull everything would seem If there were no colors and we couldn't blend them We all know that deep down everyone is the same We all know that there is no such thing as a boy or girl color And then when we came to, to start writing for our second, we, we'd sort of had a bunch of fans by then and we asked them, what, what are you going through? What do you want? Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's how we came up with all the themes for our second album. And, and I, that was particularly good because that was very easy to write to actually yeah. by having the themes given up to us. And so we were given essentially very clear briefs on, yeah. mm. on what each song had to be about and we sort of set the parameters for ourselves and the boundaries and mm. it actually didn't take that long. It was a whole new <laughs> way of songwriting which songs. we love, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's cool. It's really cool that genesis of it starting as like, oh, I've got to be existential under a tree with my ukulele to now being like, this is a business, this is what we need to do, here's the parameters. Is it yeah. easier to do it that way? In, in many ways because yeah. you – You've got deadlines and um, reasons to do things mm, rather yeah. than just sort of some kind of self-fulfilling thing, which it also is very fulfilling at the same time. Yeah. So it's just, as I said, it just means that we can keep working as musicians. And um, Yeah, absolutely. And you got picked up by the ABC. Yeah. with the yeah, yeah, with the second album. So we put the yeah. first album out all by ourselves and um, and it was, yeah, a bit of a word of mouth uh success which was great thanks to people like zoe foster blake oh my goodness that <laughs> that was so funny i don't think we realized how special that was we when it actually did happened. not <laughs> no <laughs> we only realized right now yeah exactly oh, exactly so like, yeah that was really cool that was funny yeah my friend from mother's group was reading an interview with her and um and she you know screen grabbed this bit in the interview i think maybe the design files or something and, and the question to her was like what are you listening to and she mentioned a whole lot of you know great music and um and then she said oh and um the teeny tiny stevies with sunny and honestly we we would have only just launched like maybe 6 weeks before that How or something how did she find you i i think kindling kindling kids radio i think she oh. was listening to kindling and um, my friends from Mother's Group, yeah, text me. She's like, did you have something to do with this? I was like, no, <laughs> I did not. Um, yeah, so anyway, and then, yeah, she posted about us, which was so kind. So, yeah, and, and as Beth said, like, we only realised, like, after the fact, like, how amazing something like that was to get and how hard it is to, in this world of influences, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, that's our whole business model here. Right. My, I guess my husband will be classified as an influencer. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Super interesting. Well, just because of the scope. And so yeah. we're yeah. constantly educating brands and, and people about that whole idea that it's like putting it out on TV or radio is nowhere near as valuable as someone on Instagram taking a screenshot of your album cover and recommending it or on a podcast it's the same because it's if Mm. you've got a lot of listeners a recommendation from a friend whether it's a friend who you've never met on Instagram or a friend that you actually meet from mother's group yeah. Same, there's no difference. And if that friend, like Zoe Foster Blake, has like yeah, our friend many, Zoe Foster, <laughs> three hundred thousand k subscribers, the yeah. people that really trust her judgment, yes, yeah. Well, I that's know. how I found you, and I was a fan of Little Stevie's, and yeah, I, right. And I hadn't uh, found you until 
through that avenue. So, so that's how the ABC. Um, well, I think we'd sort of been, you know, in contact because the ABC kids label, you know, ABC for kids seemed like the obvious place. Like if we were going to pick somewhere that we wanted to Mm. sort of roster that we wanted to be part of, it was obviously them because they've got all the the best kids stuff, the Justine Clark, the Wiggles. Um, and we just kept in contact, I guess. Yeah. And sort of, you know. Catch them up to date with what we were up to and, yeah. you know, yeah. how the new album was going. Maybe at some point they were like, oh, stop emailing us. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it was a lot more than that. I'm, I'm very sure. You did a comedy stand-up routine yeah, at the ABC Studios and they were like, we're finally Fine, sold. Okay, yep. Yeah, Bill sold it for us. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what happened. Um, yep, yep. Fantastic. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? And then how did Sesame Street come about? Yeah, so how did how did that come funny, about? Isn't it? Yeah, so um, well, Simon Howe, um, who does our beautiful animations, if you've mm-hmm. seen, you would have seen our animated videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Simon Howe, uh, he does them. He works for a, his little company is called Pirate Size Productions, and um, he knew that Sesame Studios were sort of asking for pictures. Mm-hmm. I think that's for, right. Yeah, for, for stuff, and um, and we did a. We sort of put our hand up and we're like, oh, we could do something for this. And I think we put a little pitch idea together for, for know, maybe a little, like a TV show online slash music idea. Like a one minute sort of series yeah. I think, thing. Anyway, that didn't come through, but they said, um, but we'd love you to write a song. So, yeah. So we were like, no way. <laughs> Get okay. out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. So what, what, did you, what did you write? Well, we wrote, they wanted, it was similar to writing for the second album in yeah. that, um, you know, they, they had the brief. So they wanted it to be a sibling empathy song, um, a song about having empathy for your sibling and siblings getting along. Yep. So that's Which is clearly did. right up our alley and yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're very successful at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, was, it was interesting though, like writing um, definitely our main, different to, very different to writing the second album in that we certainly weren't writing out lyrics um, for our own album and sending it to a company in New York and waiting for feedback, you know, which is what we had to do with Sesame Street. Mm. And um, yeah, some of the, some of the feedback, um, you know, that you get back would be like, oh, that's interesting. Would I wouldn't have done that, but okay. <laughs> you know, or like, wow. yeah, not in a bad way, but just it's quite good to be um, to be able to be flexible like that with your own writing. And, and, and you um, have to be quite separate from, yeah, have sort of no emotional connection to it, which is a great skill which, to you, practice. But then is you that, also do oh. always have emotional connection to the music that you're writing, right? No, I know, but, um, you know, we, we don't have the final say. Like if you're employed to do something, and they're sort of, you know, setting the boundaries and this is what we want, then you sort of, even if you would maybe make a slightly different artistic choice, mm. um, too bad. True. Yeah. Although then there needs, I think like probably what we went through, there needs to be a moment where you're like, well, you did want us to do this. Like, you know, because you like our, because you like what we do, we would highly recommend to do this, you know. Yeah. How do you find that middle ground? Did you find that challenging? No, it was was pretty straightforward, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, it was great. They sort of gave us the time length that they needed the song. No, you know, no number of seconds could be passed, you know, two minutes minutes or whatever it was. And and it was just actually really quite freeing sort of working to those parameters. Yeah, Yeah. it was great. Like feedback, like, um, you know, like we thought we'd written like a really upbeat – 
like happy song and like one of the bits of feedback that came back was like I think we think it could be a bit more a bit less melancholy and a bit more sort of inspirational and we're like what <laughs> like how do you get more like that's crazy this is like well, are you not hearing what we're hearing you know but then having to go okay well what are they what do they mean by that we let's try and like up at that next level for, for like let's take the feedback seriously and be like okay let's make it more and um and we did it and, you know, and that's just good. You're sort of like, oh, okay, we can do that. You know, we can take feedback like that and actually that when you first hear it, you're like, what? And you're like, oh, no, yeah, cool. Okay, we can yeah, do that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're yeah. right. You're right. We yeah. could do that. And it could be more <laughs> yeah. inspirational. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's so funny. Do you reckon that's an American culture thing too? Or is it Maybe. more just they wanted it more to be a Sesame song? I don't know, but they were absolutely right. Like we said, yeah. like we, we actually could make it more inspirational sounding. It was funny. I mean, it's funny talking about music. It's like talking about wine or architecture or something, isn't it? Sort of mm-hmm. like more inspirational is like, it's like <laughs> as, a, as a musician, you're like, okay, how do I make it more inspirational? Yeah, what does that actually mean? Yeah, yeah, mean? yeah. What does that actually mean? Um, but it's good to get that feedback though, mm. I think, because when you're writing songs just for yourself or you're the one in total control of it, um, you – yeah, you you don't get that feedback and people would have to be pretty game to sort of offer that feedback without yeah. you asking for it. Um, so it is really – it's a really good exercise to go through. Yeah, I, I liked it. I definitely do it It again. just makes you learn so much more about your craft. Mm, it just yeah. makes you so much better at it. That's right. Yeah. Which yeah. is a great thing. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise you just – Self-involved, yeah. And <laughs> you just stop, you know. Yeah, you're not. What's pushing, the point of that? Pushing the boundaries yeah. and, and yeah. learning and growing. Yeah. What are some of the things you found the most challenging about working professionally as a creative? Uh, well, there's so many things. Uh, <laughs> do you want a wine? And then oh, you can't have a wine. Would you like yes. a wine? We'll just crack it open. And where now. do we start? Where do you start? Yeah. Um, professionally as a creative. Mm. Being professional <laughs> because you're quite often working with friends. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, and and you want to have a friendly atmosphere and vibe when you're on tour with people and when you're at shows and we do have that and we are working with our friends, but then at some point you know you've got to be professional. Like Beth picks me up all the time. She's like, you need to be more professional. I'm I like, do oh, not. <laughs> She's right. I do need to be more professional. <laughs> Um, yeah, Bill, stop dressing in a clown suit trying yeah. to make everybody laugh. Yeah, mm, like yeah. whatever it is that I'm doing, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that is what that's a thing, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, I think there's I mean, there's so many sort of different layers, I guess, and different things that you could delve into that are challenges in terms of being a creative person. I mean, <laughs> you know, just Bill and I and and our relationship, like we've, you know, we're sisters, we're we're each other's only sibling where um you know we've got two businesses together we've we we work creatively with each other so that's sort of all going on even before you think about you know just being a creative person in a creative industry anyway so yeah it's pretty complex yeah Mm. it's pretty complex it's also pretty simple I'd say like actually working just making yourself work is a challenge yeah. When you're working for yourself. But I think anybody probably who are working for themselves probably um, comes up against that. Also, uh, stop to, to have a break when you work for yourself, whether it's creative or otherwise. But, like, I find it very difficult to stop working. Mm. I'm just always 
doing the thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm like any moment I get, I've got my laptop out and I'm doing something that needs to be done or I'm coming up with ideas, just always sort of, yeah, always creating ideas, you know. And there's so many different sort of mediums to think about now. There's, you know, if we're writing an album, there's all the songs and stuff, but now there's like social media, you know, that, as you would know, um, you need to come up with a lot of content ideas, a lot of things to do on there, um, which is a lot of creative thinking as well um, and making that all happen. So, yeah, like stopping work. And actually just having a break and having a holiday and realising that is very important for your mental health as well. That's a challenge. And that is hard because obviously it's different to, ha- you know, working for an employer mm. and you sort of go, okay, so I know when I'm working, you know, 12 <laughs> months in advance, I know when this mm. and this and this and this is going to happen. But in any creative industry, I guess, you know, so often that, you know, we'll have um, show opportunities that come out very last minute. Um, or we might get 12 months notice. Yeah. And so you're sort of looking towards the future and going, oh, okay, well, unless you're working on it, nothing might happen. Yeah, like if That's we want in the back of your mind. If we want to yeah. be working in 12 yeah. months, if yeah. we want to be playing festivals in 12 months, we need to be working on them now, mm. which is exhausting sometimes when you think about it, you know, when you get too overwhelmed with it all. Yeah. But that is the truth. And then, of course, yeah, like um, – for me when I started having babies like that was a whole other mind thing as well you know like just mm. that sort of coming up to the death knock with the babies coming and I'm like I need to be, but if I want to get back to work then I need to be working now you know I've got to get this thing down and like this child will not hold me back yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a woman I can do anything yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely mm. yeah how do you balance that so with having to work with time, because I find that too, especially with social media, that you want to be sort of posting stuff. How do you balance that with raising kids? Badly. I don't, I don't balance it very well. Um, <laughs> last night. <laughs> no, that's it. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I at least three times this week have got angry at my children because they were annoying me. I'm doing, hand, you know, things, annoying me when I was trying to do a social media post. Like, how stupid is that? And then, <laughs> like, you're the worst mother ever. Well, you're getting annoyed at your kids because you're trying to, like, post something. But, like, in my head is like, I've just got to get this out and then I'll focus and then I'll be able to do this thing. I've just got to do this thing and then I'll do that. I guess whether it's social media or something else. Um, but that I'm finding increasingly that social, like, if out of all the things that I do or that takes up my time as part of our businesses, social media is a huge one. Um, so that's the only reason why I'm sort of talking about it. It's not in a sense because I'm obsessed with social media or something. Mm. It's just a big part of it. And you see the returns of that as well, I think. Like it's mm. – I realise um, that it is actually really important. Um, anyway, but, yeah, so um, badly. Yeah, not, not yeah. good. I love it. Okay, because <laughs> that's how we feel. It's just a constant seesaw, isn't it? You're yeah. leaning into one bit yes. but then someone else is missing out, whether it's your partner or your son or yeah. your dog doesn't get walked or or you also finding time for you as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting when you're... Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Little person comes into the world too. Look, I know, life, life is going to change and yeah. <laughs> I have no idea how. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, gosh. It's an adventure. This episode's sponsor is Frankie and Mare. Their mission is to make aromatherapy accessible and fun for everyone with products with silly names that can genuinely help with health and well-being. They use all natural ingredients, pure essential oils, which means no synthetic perfumes or fragrance oils. Their sprays are multi-purpose and can be used as a light perfume, a room spray, a linen spray. As long as you smell them, you reap the benefits. They have great ones, including ones for sleep, for relaxation, for stimulation, for PMS, even for road rage, you name it, with funny names and clever quips. They're my favorite essential oils. Aromatherapy amazingly works in two ways. Your sense of smell is 10,000 more acute than sight or sound and travels to the brain faster. It affects the limbic system, which controls emotions and survival instincts, so a good smell is very likely to affect your mood on a primal level. All the more reason to check out Frankie and Mer. They ship all around the world and ship fast. If you'd like to, go to the promo code in the links below at Make The Thing and grab 15% off your next purchase. Okay, on with the show. I know you've touched on it briefly. What's it like working with your sister in a business? Do you ever just like want to tear each other's hair out? Yeah. Well, yeah, all, all the time. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, you want to? You want to? Yeah, of course. Oh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think that any sibling working relationship, anyone would say that. Mm. Um, but having said that, even though you can feel like that in one instance, there is also a level of trust there that, um, or loyalty that I think can't necessarily be manufactured, you know, with other mm. relationships mm. Um, because there's that whole backstory. Mm. But that whole backstory as well does make other things, you know, more confused sometimes. Yeah, so, you know, there's pros and cons for for both. Yeah. In what way? Um oh, you know, like a like a uh, a look doesn't just mean like a look. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know Beth gets really deep about this question and sometimes I'm just like, is it that complicated? Oh, well, I I mean, I think so. Look, I mean, you know, that's but that's just me. That's just my, you know, that's just my experience, I guess. But, you know, I haven't had – I haven't worked with anybody else in this way, have we? Not in the same capacity, yeah. So mm. maybe um, – I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe working with a partner with those same level, you know, layers as well might be the same. Mm. Well, um, I do both, yeah. That's true. Yeah. So I work with Beth, obviously, and then my partner is also – it's the three of us basically, um, oh. sort of the little team, and he works as our manager and – um yeah. Well, you manage together. Well, we, we manage together. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So him and I manage, and we, yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. It's very, it's very similar things. Yeah. In terms of you just sort of know like what, um, <laughs> like if okay. So you know if there's if it was a work environment, you know, like if I was if I was working with someone at an office, and I knew that um, you know there was an email that has to go out to uh, a um you know, someone to get some work, a client. Yeah. 
Um, but that my work colleague needed to send, I would just be like, hey, you need to send that email, you know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, Sam, please send that email as soon as you as can. As soon as you can. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we really need to get onto this ASAP. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, if I know that with my partner, <laughs> I... <laughs> You, 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 you know all about yeah, it. Yeah, I do. You know, you know all the other things that's going on in his life. Yeah, and there might be a morning where you know it's okay to say that, and then that you'll know that there's there might be a week when there's just he's got too much on. Like you can't, you just yeah. can't follow him up on that. Yeah, because you know all the other things that are happening in his life, and yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So and kids and exactly. and everything, and or the way that you talk to him, I don't know about you, but we work in two different rooms. Often I'll be at the kitchen table, he'll be in here, and I'll just be like, "Jones, send that. Have you sent it?" Yeah. Or like, "What's that? Where's the file?" And you're just like yelling at them across yeah. the room, and it's just such a different when you're so comfortable, which kind of also makes it great. Yeah, you can be yourself. That's right. You're not putting on a professional front. Yes, your sister or your partner, you know, you can. So can you guys be honest with each other, with your partner and when you're working creatively and fe- yeah. giving feedback to each yeah. other in that yeah. way? I feel well, like, yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, well, I think you have to You have to be, don't you? Yeah. Otherwise you wouldn't get anything done. <laughs> no. You wouldn't create anything yeah. or, <laughs> or put yeah. anything out there. Yeah. Definitely. Um, This is a big question too, so I love these kind of big questions. Uh-oh. Um, Great. What? What? That's pissing herself. I don't know why. Why? This is no. This is really good. I'm. I, it's like a. Um, it's a like a. Session. It's like a mediation yeah. session. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be on the internet forever. I'm so sorry, guys. I know I feel terrible. Someone else said to me, "This is like going to therapy," and yeah. I really didn't mean that. I'm just getting really curious about humans no, and how questions. they work. Great this questions. is more just a question about creativity. Um, so, why do you think? people make stuff like why do you guys make stuff other than the fact that obviously you make music but you make a lot of stuff in general why do you do it such a good question it just makes you feel good when you make something out of nothing yeah I think yeah I've asked myself that question I don't know I don't know I said recently I've thought this recently every time we go to like start making or um go to do like overdubs on a record it's usually we usually do it back at someone's house or like go into the studio and um you know record the beds with the band we'll all play our parts there and then we'll go um set up some kind of makeshift studio you know at someone's house and do the sort of like the the backing vocals and re-listen to everything and place everything blah 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 without um engineer anyway um it occurred to me recently as we were sort of setting up another makeshift studio um, that maybe we do this because we just like making cubbies, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, there's something kind of childlike about, about making stuff from nothing. I think mm. maybe. Is yeah. There? I totally agree. Yeah. I think that, and if you, it's sort of like some adults become adults and that kid that they were just yeah. gets kind of lost or stuck yeah. somewhere yeah and then they're just that idea of kind of you trudge into work you do your thing you come home you be sensible you stay in the boundaries whereas yes. kids don't have that kind of adult persona thing that we can put on yeah because kids just make stuff for they the do. fun of it just to see Could yeah I do it yeah you know exactly yeah that's how everything's that's how everything we know of has ever been made because someone just made it 
right and it's the possibility <laughs> yeah, of anything could yeah. happen <laughs> like yeah anything could happen yeah and we forget yeah. that everything's yeah. made by someone yeah, yeah. someone had to the, had to have the idea at some point and then they had to try something and then you know it evolved into something like, yeah that's how everything is made so definitely we want you 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 want to be the makers right Right. Yeah. I really, really believe the more I delve into this, that human beings are happiest when they're doing that. Yes. Making something. Doesn't have yeah. to be anything. Like we're obviously as a species designed that way because yeah. we make we make yeah. stuff and build stuff and cook stuff and make messes and yeah. you know, all that stuff. But it must be something. And I think sometimes depression and anxiety, I reckon there's something in there that happens if you're not making stuff, yeah. Yeah. even if it's just making food from scratch or if you're not hands-on getting stuck in somehow, your brain can kind of... Yeah, for know, sure. Well, there's a, when you're something. really focused on something that you're making or, you know, a detail of it, it's almost there's almost a sense of like meditation in that, mm. that you're just so focused on this one thing that there's sort of like no other time to... Yeah, um, get distracted by all the other stuff. So, yeah, I reckon there's definitely something in that. Yeah. How do you go when you make something and then you're like, oh, that was crap? It never happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, resilience, isn't it? Like you've got to have enormous resilience when you're making stuff mm. because, yeah, sometimes it's not it's not successful or you don't get a good reaction. And um, and usually there's not really one anyone else or not many people just sort of prop you up except for yourself. And maybe, you know, the one other person that you're working with or, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like a bad gig or something. <laughs> yeah, like it's just, you know, it's tricky. <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, if, you, if you're making stuff just as a, you know, all the time in life, you do build a particular resilience, I think. Yeah. That you don't have if you weren't doing that. And maybe by some point you just know that some stuff that you start, like I'm, th- I'm thinking about the songs now, like some songs that you start are just going to be a bit shit and that's okay, just leave them behind, move on. Yeah. Mm. Start the next one. You've become less invested yeah. in each one being like a precious thing and you're yeah. just like, meh. Oh, there's always something else coming Yes, along. I think so. Yeah, yeah, totally. And like, yeah, like a bad show that's, you know, a, a, like, I mean, a really bad show used to really. Not, not that that happens very often now. <laughs> it doesn't actually no, happen that often. Imagine. No. But there always would have to be. Comedians say the same thing. You can oh be my the gosh. best comedian in the world and just circumstances, the people that are there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Something happens. But they used to happen like quite often. Well, I mean, yeah. Like they're just, the, when we were, there was a time when we were like playing, you know, like a lot three more. or four yeah. times a week, you know. There was like when we were over in. You know, like we toured Canada and America and stuff and we were playing like a lot. So, yeah, like just in the basis of like how many shows are there, like, the, you know, some of them were obviously going to be a bit crap for many different reasons. But, mm. um, but they, God, they make the best and funniest stories. memories and stories. <laughs> like at the time they're horrific yeah. and like, you know, how am I living through this? How could I possibly get up on stage again? But they cause that? such joy <laughs> in hindsight. <laughs> such joyous laughter. And laughter. Yeah. yeah. So there's a purpose for all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you get that a bit like resilience from? No. Oh, uh, I think you just I do you reckon it's like the you know what it feels like to do a to, to have a good thing? Like yeah. if we're talking about shows, like you know the feeling of having a good show 
Oh, and you hold on amazing. to it with two hands and one yeah. great show can be motivation that can last two or three years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reckon. Yeah, totally. It can yeah. get you through a fair few not so good not things. So one. Yeah. Because you're just craving that feeling again. I think that's what makes you like get up again. Has to be. Yeah, definitely. Because, um, gosh, <clears throat> yeah. you'd be crazy if you got up again. And again, and maybe again. you just do have to be a bit yeah. crazy. I think you do have to be crazy, a bit bonkers. <laughs> a bit, yeah, yeah, but in a good way. I, I yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with that too. I do think there is something. Yeah, you do have to not think that life has rules or something. Like yeah. you just have to know that it. You can be a bit out there and experimenting, and and not be too hard on yourself. Maybe something yeah. too. Yeah, and also. Yes. Uh, also, maybe just like knowing, like in this job, we see so many different people. We have interactions with so many different people, like, um, and go to so many different places. Just having un- having an understanding that, um, I guess, not everybody's like you, and some people have like issues that are not yours. And what they just said to you after that show is like not about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. I don't know. I'm just thinking about a particularly bad show. I don't even know what you're referring to, but I'm just, <laughs> this is just my, <laughs> so good, what are you going to say? Yeah. But yeah. this is Beth's fear. It's just like me, you know, stop, stop talking, Bill. <laughs> yeah, no, that's my husband. My husband's always like, Ugh. like for ages, he didn't tell anyone on the internet who he was or what his name was, like even yeah. his face. He hid yeah. it for like four years. And I'm always just like, everybody, I'll tell you anything yes. just ask me about myself and I'll yes. tell you oh I'd love to tell yeah. you that <laughs> let me share everything let me take a photo of my face with no teeth yeah, and yeah. put it on Instagram yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the opposite to me but I think that's a good balance to have true it means that you're sort of looking out for each other and yes. you bring one person out of their shell a bit yes. and they kind of go like be sensible yes it's a so good true dynamic I love that. to kind of have that's true yeah it's a really good dynamic to have um what advice would you give to people out there who uh, have a thing that they want to start? Or like for me, I used to be a singer and I had a little band. Did you? And I started doing pub gigs and and then I had a couple of really bad gigs. What happened? Oh, oh, God, oh no, <laughs> now the table's a 10. I shouldn't be talking about myself. That is a very bad interview technique. No, it's not. I um, uh, so this I, is my fault. <laughs> no, what happened? I get... I love making stuff, but I'm the reason I started this whole podcast is I'm very terrible at keeping on going. Like I have okay. like a thousand ideas and something about music makes me curl up into a ball. I think because I care about it so much more than anything else. And James doesn't understand this either why I do it. Like I used to do musical theatre and I'd sort of start a thing and think that, I'll, okay, I'll keep doing musical theatre and I'd do a couple of shows and then I'd get something in me would be too scared of it. Like I loved it too much being on stage. That's really? So you bit, so you really loved it weird. too much, but that didn't give you the drive to like, I've got to get up there again. I've got to get up there right? again. Yeah, I don't. You it's didn't. very weird. I, I think because then I started teaching and yeah. so I could work in music with the kids at school and sing every day at kids Yeah. at school and then do the productions there. So I could kind of, I had my outlet because yeah, okay. I was singing, but or like groups of kids or the whole school or whatever. So so what I, happened at the bad gigs? Like is it like a fear of having a bad? I don't even know. I think it's – I think at the time 
it was a fear that I wouldn't be good enough and that that I wouldn't be as good as I imagined I should be and that I couldn't live up to my own kind of thing in my head. Like I was too perfectionist about it. I can completely relate to that because I went through this as a kid. Did you? Yeah. I used to like, I don't know if this happened to you, but I used to like just burst into tears and have these enormous meltdowns of self-doubt and just like the the negative self-talk was on another level. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, something changed. <laughs> yeah, what changed but for you? I have no, I, no, no recollection. Um, but I do remember that feeling so vividly. Um, vividly, absolutely. Yeah, because that's exactly what it was like yeah. for me. And I was early 20s. I wasn't even, or mid-20s. I wasn't even like a teenager, but I would, I would just sob. Like I would sob about it and then I would come home and be on this high from singing at a gig and singing my own stuff and be like, this is the best. And then within an hour, I would be like, yeah, but it wasn't that good. Oh, but that happened. Oh, but one person might have looked at you funny. Oh, they thought it was a bit crap. Oh, you weren't as good as you thought. You probably were a bit off key. Oh, the sound guy said your mic technique wasn't as good as it could be. Oh, what a prick. Yeah, I know. Or just something. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> I know, right? Or like, you know, because he was having to fix the levels or something. Yeah, and yeah. so that, just those, and it was so weird, like those tiny little things when most of the people in my life were like so supportive of it. And I didn't even have terrible gigs where people were like throwing food over. I was just singing at a pub <laughs> and some gigs like, People are just having a beer and they're just listening in the background and are yep. fine with it. Why haven't I made their heads turn? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's been a perfectionist, isn't it? You focus on the one thing that yeah. wasn't excellent, yeah. even though you've got so many other thing, excellent things that happened. Exactly. I think I just cared about it too much yeah. and then you, yeah, just stopped doing it. And then I went overseas and um, – taught in Africa for a while with my husband and did a few things and then got into teaching full-time and all my creative energy went there and I just kind of the first year of teaching I was still gigging a bit and then I just left it yeah I sort of ran out of time but I also if I'm honest it was really just because that how invested in that negative self-talk stuff was so full-on that I was just like "Mm." and then once you stop a thing it becomes increasingly hard, hard to, start to start it, it again. Yeah. It's that whole inertia. Very true. Do you reckon? Yeah, yes. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, I have. We have friends who, um, you know, I think. Um, well, I've known people over the years who have have great music, but haven't put a lot out, or mm. I think for similar reasons, like they're maybe scared to that it won't go as well as um, maybe they'd hoped I don't know I I kind of feel like I when we go to do something like that like I have all those things like anybody who puts a thing out and goes you know one side of their brain or maybe yeah so you, you have all those thoughts that are like this is gonna be massive you know yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like I'm gonna uh, be this wait, is huge yeah. yeah but then I've also got a pretty healthy other um you know side of the brain that goes this could literally be nothing. Like this could be like a very tiny ripple. This probably I, will be a very tiny ripple. And usually it goes somewhere in between, mm. for, you know, of like um, – so I'm quite happy with that. I don't know. But I'm not sure that <laughs> – I, I completely agree with you, but I feel like maybe that comes from 
go also going through an experience of going through like your lowest sort of trough. Oh and yeah. Sort of, and, and, and going, okay, no one cares if I continue to make something. Yeah. So you have to ask yourself some really hard care? questions of like, well, do I care? Do I want to keep making something or keep yeah. doing this? Because yeah. there's no label. There's no anyone who's um, who needs me yeah. to do this. Yeah, no one gives a no shit. One no one cares. Like, so, <laughs> <laughs> so am I going to keep doing this yeah. for me? Yeah. I feel like, yeah. yeah, you're right. I feel like we've been pretty humbled, you know. Like I think yes. that is a <laughs> – and I'm reminded of that when I see people that like haven't put out, you know, music or something yet, or who are on just that rise, yeah. and they're and I think, yeah, you're not. And that's you haven't I mean really been resilience. humbled yet, have you? <laughs> you have to, you have to get really low before you can then come through and go. Yeah, um, so true. You know, I'm not going to let it get to me as much. And yeah. the other thing, the other thing, which is so yes, it's so I so agree with you there. It's so good, actually. It feels shit to be humbled, but it is so good right mm. it is so good for you and um and the other thing that's really good for that is having children yeah <laughs> yeah you got no time you got no time just, to sit in your trough and sob you, about your existential yeah. creative whatever's yeah. Yeah. yeah you just yeah, yeah it's just like wow i didn't realize stuff could get this shit like yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I could be this tight. We're really selling it for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I got to get up and do it all again. And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, and what do I actually want to be doing? I want to be doing that thing. So I'm going to have to make sure that I do it, mm. you know? Yeah. yeah. It's the prioritizing stuff because you've got yeah. a limited time yeah. to do that post or write that thing yeah. or make this podcast or whatever it is. And yeah. you've just got to latch onto it. You kind of, you, in a way, it's like what you were saying before about, creative um, boundaries around like if someone gives you structure that you have to meet it's almost like kids also give you that structure because you're like well I've only got an hour today yes they're at childcare for this long so I've got to get something done and just put it out there and it's not perfect but oh well it's a thing exactly and so it it It, kind of helps ah absolutely Yeah. yeah kids are amazing for that also I was just thinking um I think we've been fairly lucky in a way, like we've never peaked too high. <laughs> you know, when like, you don't peak too high, yeah, there's still somewhere to go. Yeah, that's right. You've still got somewhere to go. Exactly. There's still a rise in you somewhere, you know, or like sometimes I feel bad, like don't get me wrong, there's definitely been, I've had many moments of of going, I wish, I wish I was more successful. Yeah. <laughs> but like we have, you know, we've seen bands come and go. Like they're just, mm. and I don't know what they're doing now, but they're not together. Like they're not here doing it. We're still here doing it. And I feel so grateful for that, you know. Like um, <laughs> it makes me happy. I love, I love doing this. So I just want to keep doing it, you know. But like, like it would be hard to be like, and not to pick on them. I'm just yeah. thinking of these no, big guys because so it's a bit hard to be Jet. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. where do you go after? Are you going to be my girl? Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of pressure for that there's next second album or that or next, the next hit thing. song. And, and you often say that, don't you? So it's sort of that slow burn of doing it because you love it. Like I think of like someone like Claire Bowditch and her yeah. career and she, you know, probably could have gone to America and tried to break in over there or whatever, but it's that longevity of, investing in her community of people who listen to her shows and yeah, develop yeah. that relationship and and diversifying she's got a lot yeah. of different skills doesn't she mm. well someone else is diversifying 
too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you do. You gotta. You gotta be yeah creative with that, that stuff. Mm, yeah, definitely. She's, she's great on the radio. She's very relaxing. Yeah. Her voice. Yes, yes. <gasps> I love so her. So relaxing. Driving around like. Oh. Should I be listening to this? Should come with a warning or something. <laughs> I know it's so true. It's um, yeah, because that is that is so true. You've had a really long career, really, and you're mm. still doing. I mean, it no one knows who we are, but we. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, they do. Yes, they do. But it is. It's that you know you've got, yeah that it's life, right? Yeah, it's not. It's the that's, the, that's right. It's yeah. your life, isn't it? Mm. It's not. It's at the end of at the end of my life. It's not what someone else thinks about my career. It's my life. Yeah. It's your wow. life, Bill. <laughs> wow, I'm having shivers, you guys. <laughs> it's your life. We've really come to a really like yeah. Exactly. I feel like we should all hold hands and yeah. like sway in a circle or something now. But it is. You want it as a per as a human. The isn't the pinnacle. I'm and I'm starting to realize this now. Um, that's taken me quite a long time and this podcast has helped in talking to lots of different people that it's not about the end point of where you get in your career. It's about what you experience along the way. Yeah. And if you're strengthening and extending, like you were talking about yourself and your ideas and making stuff and going, I didn't know I could do that. You yeah. know, that's where the joy is. Definitely. Yeah. And also, cause there isn't really an end of, is there? No. Like, well, we die eventually. When you, well, that, well, we do. <laughs> what? I'm special. I'm not going to die. It's going to live forever. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I don't know what you're thinking it's going to happen to you. but um, uh, No, but I mean like, you know, an end point of career. Like there's mm-hmm. like where where is that point that, you, that you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's ended. Like, you know, I mean something might end without you. It might choose just yeah, yeah, that's right. And you just have to catch up with that. But yeah. like, yeah, yeah. If you sort of, or when I get that, I'll be this. And when I get that, I'll be this. It's like, no, try and like be in, in the thing now, like try and enjoy this because you don't know what's, what's coming next, you know? Yeah. What's around the corner? Yeah. What I don't is around the like corner? that at all. So yeah. what's around the corner? <laughs> yeah. What's around the corner for you guys next? Uh, what's your next sort of projects? Next. Oh gosh. Well, we well just, yeah, we just did a little Stevie's album. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> like, like last week. Best list of mind. <laughs> so um, is that finished and that's released, isn't it? Uh, now? Well, it's, no, it's no. being mixed at the moment. So, oh, um, okay. so yeah, we'll bring that out before the end of the year, and then we'll play some festivals and some shows. Yeah, and um, and you know. We've also got things booked in for the teeny tiny Stevies. Yeah, there's some cool stuff happening for the teeny tiny soon, which mm. I'm not sure that we can announce yet. Let's <laughs> oh, see. Okay, well, you don't know. I do know there's a high tea coming up. There is a high tea yeah. coming up. Yeah, I saw yeah. that on your Instagram, yeah. social media. Yes, working. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There is. In, if you're in Melbourne, you can go and yes. get it as some tickets to that, take your kids and your grandmas. And Yes, high yeah. tea, high tea in uh, the, at the Melbourne Arts Centre. That's that's been a really lovely thing for us actually like you know we're playing venues now we're being invited to play venues now that we would have never had an opportunity to play as the little stevies but yeah. now with the teeny tiny stevies like the art center melbourne for example like would you come and play at the art center melbourne we're like yes <laughs> anytime you want <laughs> you know it's so, it's so nice like it's really nice playing at and venues the recital like center the recital, oh my gosh yeah. so lovely super wow. lovely so cool. It's just like I feel like it's finally catching up to the, the classy people of, that we are. Yeah. 
<laughs> do you ever um, feel like busting out some of the little Stevies and being like, oh, we're actually an adult band too, guys? Uh, yeah, or, yeah. Or you love doing the teeny Stevie stuff so much? There's a particular enjoyment, I think, with the kids stuff, only because, you know, when <laughs> – the, the kids generally are loving it when they're there and when the kids are loving it, the parents are loving it. Mm. They just have massive smiles on their faces and there's just a whole lot of joy in the room, to be honest. And the song's really fun to play. You know, they're quite up-tempo and just everyone's yeah. having a good time. They just, mm. I mean, it's good music. It's very similar music to our adult stuff just with different lyrics. Mm. So it feels good to play. But definitely our favourite shows, or for me anyway, my favourite shows are when there's as many adults in the room as there are kids, you know, i.e. parents, and yeah. um, and you can tell they're loving it too. Yeah. There's, well, yeah, something for me that I love about that. Mm. Well, that's what but I think I love about the songs are that – as a parent, and that's what Dolly Foster Blake said too, they don't suck. The songs that don't suck yeah. for adults listening. Yeah. Some of the songs for kids, I just can't listen to. And luckily, my son is like his mum, and also loves musical theatre stuff. He's only yeah. two and a half, but get, really gets into like the La La Land soundtrack awesome. and stuff. But having Great stuff, yeah. But having songs that are lovely to listen to as a grown-up person, yeah. and your little person is learning. And they're useful, but also um, enjoying the music is so valuable. So thank you. Ah, thank you. Such a pleasure. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. It's such a gift to give that kind of the teaching moments in those songs and the messages too about love and families and that I love that song about how families look different. Yeah, too, and that all that knowledge about you know there's a baby in mum's tummy and and even yeah. opening up those conversations is yeah so important. So totally, exactly. I love the idea that um you know lyrically that we can write a kids song, um for kids, but uh make an adult cry at the same time or like um mm. you know think about themselves. Like <laughs> there's a song we've got a song on the new album called How to Apologize. Which really is not age sensitive, if yeah. being honest. <laughs> it's just a good message for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, those in that right, what's good for kids often we're all just big kids walking yeah, around having to pay our taxes and yeah. do our accounts yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But really we're all just big kids. Totally. And need all that stuff and those reminders too and that's the joy of kids. Remind yep. you of all of that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that, I've stolen this from a movie, but that's one of life's little secrets, isn't it? Like no one feels old. Yeah, mm. definitely. Did you steal that from that Josh Radnor? Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what movie? Well, it's a movie called Liberal Arts. <laughs> oh no, I think I have seen that. Yeah, and the old yeah. teacher, the old professor's looking in the mirror. Oh, I don't know. He says to, it's this moment. For me, it was like a oh my god, a moment in life. He just says, "No one feels old." <laughs> like experiencing it more and more as I get older yeah. just like oh I'm still the same I thought I would feel different when I had two kids or like you know yeah I'm just still the same person just with two kids you know yeah yeah for example yeah oh my mom said that to me that she still feels 25 but she wakes up in the morning and she looks 62 yeah <laughs> and I was like that's bloody terrifying yeah exactly <laughs> but that's exactly right isn't it that's what's going to happen yeah like, and you look at people who are elderly or completely differently now as you, get you older. do I think you do yeah because no one's kind of walked up to them and gone here's the adult manual yes. and you'll suddenly no. feel like you should take responsibility and not say embarrassing things or you know yeah whatever yeah that's the fun of it 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, be yeah, be responsible anyway. <laughs> okay, well, we've hit an hour, so I think we <laughs> should probably stop. I could talk to you guys forever. Thank you so much for coming in. Where can we find you? <laughs> On all the online sites. Yep. The Little Excellent. Stevies is our adult band, believe it or not, and the Teeny Tiny Stevies is our kids' band. We're on Instagram, yeah. Facebook. Beautiful. Are we on Twitter? Yeah. Are we? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sometimes. Every, once a month. You YouTube. Can, YouTube. Your YouTube. beautiful animations are That's on YouTube. Right. They're yes. gorgeous and people can buy your albums through your website. Yes, through our website. Through your website. Yep. And, and, and Bill literally takes the albums to the post office. I do. Herself. Yeah. Oh. I think they're in good record shops and bookshops and stuff as well. Yeah. Well, the new one is anyway, but yeah. Buy them through a website so I can take it to the post office. Okay, that sounds awesome. And that's so cool. You can actually put the kids can build their own album cover. Yes, so the kids' albums, they can can design their own album cover with a sticker sheet that's on the front of it. Beth's idea. Thank you very much. Yeah, and there's also beautiful um, Australian animal little characters too that you've got, isn't there? So kids love that too. Thanks so much, Bill. Oh, thank Beth. you. Thank, thank you. you. Yay. Let's go over what we've learned so far. Colours is everyone's game. Every colours for everyone. Primary, secondary, tertiary, all the same. We all know that deep down everyone is the same. We all know. but I'm holding the camera. <laughs> Yay! Everyone should clap themselves. <laughs> Thank you so oh, much. No worries. Oh, thanks, Claire. Is that from your new album? Yeah, yeah. from the, the new teeny tiny the one. Stevie's. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast called Just Make the Thing with me, your host Claire Tonti and Bill and Beth from the Teeny Tiny Stevies. You can find the girls, as they said, online at their website, www.teenytinystevies.com. Both their kids' albums are out now and available and I highly recommend them if you have little people. You can find me on Instagram at Claire Tonti or at justmakethingpod at gmail.com if you want to send me a note. I'm also on Twitter at Mrs. Sunday Movies and as always, you can find lots of our other podcasts at www.planetbroadcasting.com also a big thank you to raw collings the excellent raw collings who has again edited this show okay onwards so you've got an idea for a business the store of your dreams there's just one thing to figure out everything that's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com listen. 